Welcome to the Bluff Council Podcast. My name is Keith, and today's episode, we'll be discussing the film Children of Men. If you like listening to these discussions, consider subscribing to us on Spotify or the Bluff Council YouTube channel. Thanks, and enjoy. What are you do You building a fort? Yeah, yeah, I'm building a soundproof room so I can't hear you and your <laughs> stupid opinions. <laughs> Perfect. It's funny, my, my <laughs> wife does the same thing. All right, Keith. Everett. Happy to see you. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I guess. You look like, uh, it's a little, that's like a little bit like a habit. Like your outfit, like a nun's habit. Mm. It's like a nun's outfit. That's that's what, yeah yeah I see that now that you bring it to my attention, and that's exactly what I was going for. So thank you. Yeah. Yes. And Father, I, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, a great segue. <laughs> segue Kings, we're back for this episode. We're back, baby. <laughs> yes, to a very biblical film. Uh, that's, yes, that's right. Sister Act Two. Back in the habit. <laughs> we're so glad you joined us. <laughs> Touchstone Pictures presents the second coming of Sister Mary Clarence. Hello. She's back in the habit again. Keith's new favorite number one film. Sister Sister Act 2. God, I love Whoopi. Those nuns will get you. The first one, trash. The sequel. The sequel, gold. Fuck it. Bellissima. It's children of men. We're almost there, Keith. We're almost there. It is Children of Men. Uh, uh, another viewer recommendation, I might add, from a good friend of both of ours. Someone we have worked decent. with. De- okay. Decent. A friend. good friend of mine, I should say, and a, an unfortunate acquaintance of Everett's. We've met. We've <laughs> Yes. Uh, uh, 75% of the dream team that I like to refer to that Spartan had in their internal production department at one time. 100%. (laughs) I love Eric. I love Eric so much. I'm so happy that he made a, a, a recommendation for us to talk about. And I'm thrilled it's this film. Yeah. Let me, let me just say. Oh, Eric? (laughs) Guys, put my uh, Emmy in the background so I can be on the show. Cool. All right. Awesome. All right. So the movie I want to talk about today is Children of Men. Uh, It's from 2006. Uh, It's directed by Alfonso Cuaron, Academy Award-winning director. It's shot by Emmanuel Lupezki, who shot Birdman, The Revenant, a bunch of other awesome films. Whenever I'm prompted to do a list of my favorite films, this is always unequivocally number one. I don't even think about it. Uh, without even blinking, Children of Men, number one. It's my all-time favorite. Uh, I think it's an absolute masterpiece. It's fiercely underrated. Not enough people have seen it and know about it. It's like the perfect dystopian sci-fi film, and it feels incredibly real. Thank you, Eric. (laughs) But we're going to start with Keith. Keith, there is a 100% chance that this is the first time you ever watched this film. Correct. <laughs> yes. so, Correct. Uh, of course. Eric loves it. Yep. And I'm what not surprised. You... I'm not surprised that Eric, knowing Eric, it's like a sad, depressing, yeah. dystopian Violent. future. Yeah. Just, Violent. Yeah. Yeah. No, all hope is lost. It's like, 
I bet this is Eric's favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> so what did what did you know about it, and what did you think about it? I, I knew absolutely nothing about it. I knew I knew I, when he had Isn't mentioned that weird? it. Weird. It's weird. It's it, <sighs> not not for you. I'm not picking on you. Yeah. I just mean in general that there's a lot of people that don't know anything about this movie, and I personally don't know how it how it f- kind of flies under the radar a little bit. Like that's very strange to me. Yeah. It is under it is under the radar, and it is. But I don't consider myself a film person. Here, here, here's what I'll, I, I, just, I just like the things that I like and I love filmmaking and storytelling in general. I'm not a film guy, I'm the anti-film guy because my favorite film is Dumb Dumb. I like it a lot. What I will say is if you are one of those film people, this is a must watch. This is an absolute must watch if you love film. I'm so happy that I watched it now seeing it because it feel like it's one of those films you have to see. Whether you enjoy it or not is a different debate, which I will try and continue to push people to separate between what you like and where you can recognize the skill level and the talent in terms of cinema and film. Uh-huh. It's a film, if you're a film lover, you should definitely go watch it because there are, there's so much, I don't know, to be learned. I don't know if that's the right way to phrase it, but after watching it, I took a lot from it. It's one of the better films I've ever seen. And that surprised the hell out of me. Cause I'd never even heard of it when Eric brought it up. I'd never heard of it. That's wild. It's, yeah, yeah, which uh, embarrassing to me, continue to throw shots no, no, in the no, comments. That's, that's the point of this movie is I think that, yeah. I, I think that people who, uh, uh, you know, follow film or, or love film, uh, Eric mentions, you know, film lovers and cinephiles, they know this movie pretty well. Because because of its 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 greatness in so much of the technical and craft uh, areas, but the the general public, I don't think it comes to consciousness or comes to mind uh, when we're talking about great films of the last twenty or thirty years. Very often, and kind of slept on. I don't think it was fully appreciated widely in its in its time and in its initial release. Um, and I think that's crazy. I love this movie. I love this movie. And uh, film hipster that I am, I, I've loved it from the beginning. I loved it. <laughs> See, uh, you're a this, film guy. Even before it came out, I knew it was going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was on pre-production in IMDb and you're like, I bet this is going to be good. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think I, I rented it soon after it was released on DVD. I, I, I rented it because I was like, oh, this, I wonder what this is. And I was just I was just totally blown away. Yeah. I think that this is this is a a rare film that I'm willing to say, if you, if you don't like this movie, or you think it's like overrated, or you don't understand what the hype about it is, you are incorrect. Yeah. Like we're, we're we're moving past subjectivity into <laughs> objectivity. This is ob- objectively a great film. It just is. Is yeah. it perfect? No. We'll get into that. But. It's almost perfect, and there's a lot about it that is perfect. And and if you if you disagree, uh, just stop watching movies because <laughs> you're not <laughs> yeah. getting it. Yeah, you're not getting it. Yeah, and if and if I'm on board with that, like you're really fucking wrong. Like, <laughs> like I, I was like, ready. Yeah, as you should have been. I like you should have been prepared. But I'm excited to throw you, keep you on your toes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
I had a fear that I'd come into this and you'd be like, it's, it's fine. It's like some cool shots. It's fine. I didn't really like it though, and I was just gonna be like fucking. Well, that is different. Me liking it again. I, we can talk about if I liked it or not. That's a different conversation. Well, don't tease me. Don't tease me, Daddy. <laughs> That's what Daddy does. <laughs> oh God. I'm going to throw up. Don't throw up. So. You, you recognize its greatness, but you hate it. That's what I'm gathering from this <laughs> No, no, I, I don't hate it. It, it. This is where we, we probably shouldn't start. We, there's so much positive things to talk about. We, we can talk about enjoyment levels. I, I think at a, different, at a different time. I did like the film. Here, fine, you, you beat it out of me. <laughs> You're dying to hear. I did, I did like the film. I did, I, I, my respect for the film raised my level of enjoyment for the film, but it's such a sad and depressing film. This, by definition, is a tragedy in my mind. Like it's it's a tra it's a tragic Shakespearean story. It's a tragedy. Like it's sad and it gets sadder. And wow, hope is a huge part of this film. I think hope is a huge theme and worth discussing at some point. Maybe now's the time. But in the, thematically, there's a couple themes in the film, and I think they raise really, really interesting questions, and I love that th thought-provoking nature from any film. But just from, from a personal enjoyment process, I don't know, from standpoint, you know, it, it, I take away the sadness. It's a very sad journey. It's a very sad journey for this main character. He, Clive Owen never realizes the success that they've had, whether his journey was worth it or not. The viewer gets that satisfaction, but he does not. And that's a great move, again, a great storytelling. I love the emotional pull that that has, but it makes me fucking sad. Like, it makes me sad. <laughs> like, and I don't love those experiences. I'm not looking to feel sad. Does that make sense? Sure, sure. I think, I think it's fascinating because what I, what I just read a little while ago about this is uh, Alfonso, Quaron, the director, who's a phenomenally talented man, he, he, he's, he talks about how this film, if you're, like, he, he left it, I believe, in, in kind of ambiguous, where he thinks that if you're a hopeful person, you're going to see hope. And if you're a, a, a bleak person, <laughs> you're a pessimist, you're going to feel hopelessness <laughs> and, and feel sad. And I think that's interesting to try to make it uh, like kind of like a Rorschach test of, yeah. a, of a film ending. Where it's yeah. like, you're gonna see what you want to see, so you're almost telling on yourself based on what you see. Yeah. So, in true to Keith Macri fashion, I think you see uh, sadness and <laughs> yeah, bleakness. <laughs> and, is and, that and, what? But is that what you see? I think it's interesting. Be, you know that sort no, of magic no. eye thing. Do you see, what? Do you see happiness? You see like a bright, fruitful future, and as much as one can in this in this crazy world. I, I've, I, I love, I love the story, like I love so much of this, but I love a story that you watch and you're affected by, and then the film ends, and as you continue to think about it, which this movie always makes me do, I love endless sacrifice to achieve a goal. So like the, the, the ends justifying the means, mm -hmm. and I love that all of these people, even the, the villainous characters, yeah. all have a, a, a goal that they're trying to accomplish that they think will make for a better world, uh, whether that's political or moral or ethical or whatever, whatever their goals are. Um, and it all revolves around this woman and her, her child. And at the end, 
everyone's dead <laughs> except for her who is now and the baby who are the now baby. in a position the of most hope important. and potential happiness and salvation and everyone sacrificed themselves for their beliefs and for their support of this ideal and i just think that's like remarkable that's just like a remarkable sad tragic but also very like happy powerful because it, it, it's like you 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 all like get into my own psychology everyone wants to feel like they lived and died for a purpose like that was that's i don't ever want to die i don't want to die of fucking cancer or getting smoked by a car on the highway because then it's just like random sadness you want to you want to feel like there's a meaning to everything even though that's a fruitful exercise uh, <laughs> so you want to sit now just to drill, drill down one layer deeper so you want to feel that your death had purpose not your life well yeah yeah you yes but your your death as an extension as a part of your life having purpose is important it's like i i, I want to die in a in a hail of gunfire rescuing the children from a hospital that's exploding yeah, that's you know you like are. that kind but of thing where it's like but if i gotta you, go you but 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 if you want if if you save a child from a hospital and then years later just die because explosive diarrhea <laughs> wasted <laughs> like yeah so it's like the act of your death has to be meaningful. Not that your life had meaning prior to that moment. Like with it, like that's super specific. I just think. And yeah, weird. Well, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's the illusion of thinking you have some control uh, over your life where it's like, well, my, my death it will not be for naught. It's like, it mm. probably will. <laughs> we're, we're all gonna, it definitely will. <laughs> it's going to be random and, and pointless. Yes. Anyways. As life is. I digress. <laughs> um... Let's let's talk about some of the greatness of this yes. film. Yes. Um, Eric? There's tons of crazy cinematography in this film. Uh, a couple of really, really insane long takes, which us film buffs love. One scene in particular, uh, they're in a car, and they get ambushed, and it's like a three-minute long, long take. It's absolutely insane. And as as the situation gets worse, the, sh the windshield in their car shatters, and like... There's still music playing on, like happy music playing on the radio. It, it's just so immersive. You really feel like you're there. So I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about you know sort of the the cinematography, the uh, the, the editing, the direction, all all the technical uh, stuff of this film. Eric, thank you as always. A peach. What do you think the strongest parts of this film are from a craft technical? Because I I, I do think that that's the the craft side of it is the part that I think everyone from a film discussion standpoint would be would be talking about it's the craft stuff what do you think that, I, that stands out i think that's the most immediate obvious takeaway from from this film is the direction and the cinematography um i think all of it's great right like i, I think just about all the performances are great i think the story is great i think the structure is great I, I love so much of all of it but i think the cinematography is the first thing you walk away from uh knowing as eric mentions done by a man uh, named Emmanuel Lubezki, who is probably second only to Roger Deakins, I would think, off the top of my head, in terms of really excellent, top-notch, the best cinematographers, uh, DPs of the last uh, 20, 30 years. Uh, his, his resume is, is expansive, and has, he's done uh, most of the most memorable, to me, out, again, outside of Deakins. He's, Lubezki has done the most memorable, unique, creative things with cinematography, I think, uh, over the last couple of decades. 
including Birdman and The Revenant, uh, Children of Men, um, Gravity. You know, he's a, he's a three-time Oscar winner. Didn't win for this film, which is a crime, which we can come back to. Uh, I, who, we can talk about who I'd like to be to know who's Pan's that. Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth won. This film, Children of Men, nominated for three awards, Academy Awards, empty-handed. Absurd. Absurd. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I've, I haven't watched all of Pan's Labyrinth, so I guess my opinion is, is null and void. But it's not better than this. <laughs> like, this, is, this, I think, should be on the short list of best slash most memorable cinematography work of, of all time. I'm going I'm to go that, of, of all time. Yeah. This, this is incredible work and really, really uh, changed the way I thought of cinematography, like the things you can do. The, the long takes in this film are very famous. It's breathtaking. There are eight to 10 breathtaking shots in this movie. And I don't say that lightly and I don't say that to be to, as hi- hyperbole. It's, it's like, I'm just like this the yeah. whole time. Like I'm just, yeah. what did you, yeah. what did you think? You, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to agree. I don't just, <laughs> just on principle. I don't want to agree. It's unnatural. Yeah, it doesn't feel right. It feels <laughs> really conflicted. But I, but I have to. I can't. When you're, when you're right, you're right. It's this, this is a, an, just an elegant. I don't want to throw out the word masterpiece because I, I fucking hate the. I just don't like the word. It seems pretentious and shitty. No, I, love I, it. <laughs> I, I know, I know. And Eric uses it too in his video, like. But this is close to a mat. Like I, I, this movie makes me want to use that word. I wish I could come up with a new one, uh, and especially on the cinematogra- cinematography front, I couldn't agree more. The the thing I love about long takes, and these ones in particular, uh, are are I love the moment of watching a film for the first time, and the way I notice long takes is always like a minute or two into the best ones that are long, I, I go like, wait a minute, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wait a minute, has it cut? Because you you kind of catch up because you you know you're sucked in, and I feel like uh, people who follow film and know about film will will know. So we're not telling you anything, but maybe for casual watchers, it's not just about the 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 the, the love of long takes. By I think most most movie lovers uh, isn't just about the degree of difficulty it takes to execute, which it's a huge part of that because it's you know you obviously have a ton of people. It's much less impressive in computerized films because you're controlling everything. Yeah, but yeah. when you're doing real world sets uh, and you're, you're following people and you have to choreograph all this action and pe- different people doing different things, that's amazing. But it also, as a, as a storytelling instrument, allows you, the director, you, the filmmaker, to keep the audience really locked in. Because a cut, naturally, uh, consciously or subconsciously, will release some of that tension. Do you, do you agree? Agree, 100%. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that's why this film in particular is so amazing because A, the level of difficulty in these shots, like that, that final one is still, I don't care how much it's cobbled together. It's, it's effing phenomenal because to me it's seamless. Like it's I, seamless. I never notice. Yeah. You know, there, there's other films where you're like, oh, okay, it just lingers for a second behind this tree trunk in the dark and then comes back out. And you're like, that's where they cut it. This one, I, I never noticed that, and it goes through so many locations, and the, the practical effects of explosions, and gunfire, and people like, that's film. Like, that's the power of filmmaking, you know? 
Like, yeah. I thought as I watched this the other night for the first time in a couple of years, like, and I know I say this all the time and it's a broken record and I, I'm like this old guy yelling at the clouds, but like th this movie is, is better than anything that's like come since practically in terms of like a big action film because even though this isn't like an action movie traditionally it is kind of an action film but yeah there's a there's a significant amount of action in it yeah that final scene that's the, out of an action movie that's out yeah. of a, you know like you you could anyway i'm sorry to so you we're like it's just like it makes me think about you know we just talked about those who wish me dead and in films like that uh modern action movies where where we talk about the effects right and, and you said uh you gotta you gotta Except you, you gotta take it. You gotta live with it. And it's like, no, fuck that. Like this, this movie exists. Children of Men exists. So why aren't movies now getting better? Like put effort. Like I know this sounds like a joke, but literally, write a great story. Uh, put a lot of effort into everything. The detail, the 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 genius of the way elements of the story are revealed. Try. <laughs> but try. The, the, you I can am, do it. You can do it. This is why I hate on Godzilla versus Kong. And always, it's fucking trash. Make well, there's two different things. There's two different things you're talking about. There's two different things. Like from a storytelling standpoint, and you're talking about a writing standpoint. Agree 100%. Try. Fucking try. But from a practical production standpoint, that's a, that's a separate issue that you're talking about. And uh, just for the sake of argument, because I'd like to be on your side of the argument in real life, but to represent big business. <laughs> the, 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 the reason, the, 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 it's money. It's gonna come down to the, the, the money and the, the vulnerability that studios will have, or the people fronting the money that will have to do those production things. It's so much easier and safer to, 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 do, to surround you in a green screen and just make all that shit up. It's, it's quicker, yeah, it's easier, about that. it's more cost effective. Of course you can, I'm just, you're saying why. Why can't you do it? I'm telling you the reason why. We can both hate the reason, but the, the but but the reason is very simple. It's money. It's money, and it's safety. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. The the reason why is that they're pieces of shit who don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that that's fine. But yeah. yeah, I just think I looked at the the budget of this film. I believe was seventy five million, if I saw that correctly. And I mean, what do you think Godzilla vs Kong was? Two hundred million. Yeah. Two hundred fifty million. Yeah. So so it's almost like that that if you think about it. It's not even that much better because imagine you could save 150 million on your initial budget, so your investment is less. So the you well, know what I mean, and you get to comparison. make something that people will talk about forever. And yeah, win so a the, war. Godzilla versus Kong, you need that. That's we're, we're digressing. <laughs> you get a real lizard and you get a real yeah, exactly. monkey. What are we and doing? You throw them in a cage. You want it's the 1962 science. version of those guys in suits, like meh. <laughs> Eric brings up in his video the the car scene, that that car scene where Julianne Moore dies, and that really is a phenomenal scene. I I, I hate to gr agree with Eric too, but I agree with his whole video really, because <laughs> uh, he's just naturally wrong. Uh, that's <laughs> but he's but he's right in this case. That that scene specifically in a car is just mind blowing too. And that like how are you rigging that whole? situation to go in and out of a car, have the window break, you know, it, it's uh, the, the level of difficulty and planning that, that goes into that stuff to make it look so seamless and effortless is, is a world, a whole nother level that I could only dream to, to even sniff. Absolutely. I just got the chills. I just got yeah. the chills remembering that scene. Yeah. 
It's so, like, even though I've seen the movie, I've watched that scene, I know what's coming, it's so claustrophobic, it's so genius, you're just like, oh, get out of here, get out of here, because yeah. you never leave that car. And any any other filmmaker would leave to a wide shot. We need a wide shot. We needed a cool shot of the motorcycle yeah. coming. It's like, no, you're just stuck here. You're like, yeah. please, get away. Yeah. yeah, so from a filmmaking standpoint, I love that scene for, for, for the reasons that we've been discussing. But from a storytelling uh, sense as well, that scene has, has everything in it. That scene has uh, different levels of conflict that are, that are happening in the scene. What the fuck are you staring at? Apparently the pleasure's all mine. They, it shifts from conflict to romance. You learn about these characters, you learn more about their relationship, their unique connection with that, that ball game that they're, they're, you're playing. You wouldn't play that with someone that you didn't have a very close personal relationship. I mean, obviously we've done that before, but you know, not a lot of people would, would be doing that. That's a joke. How did you not, we, we've not spit balls into each other's mouths. Yeah, yeah, we've done that. You should be laughing. <laughs> now it just seems like, yes, we've done that. Yeah. Keith, we said we'd never tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. That one night in college. What you... <laughs> anyway, Jesus. But all of these things, <laughs> thank you for fucking finally laughing. Jesus. <laughs> but all of those beat, those beats, mean a lot to the greater story. They mean a lot to these character development. It hooks me at an emotional level so that that gut punch when Julianne Moore dies moments later, you don't see it coming. So when everything's hitting, when everything is hitting uh, in your film, even for one scene, it's fucking, it's spectacular. It is spectacular filmmaking. Absolutely. I, I, paid, I noticed that several times throughout in terms of the story structure and the way that they the, the the way that the film parses out its information to you mm -hmm. and I, I noticed like brilliant in the sense that you gain perspective on the world and what's happening by uh newscasts uh by newspaper clippings and photos and through a joke that michael Caine tells he tells that joke and he looks up at him and he's chewing on this great big wing and he says, I haven't the faintest idea, he said. But this stalk is quite tasty, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this is great. <laughs> you know, and, and again, I'm not, I, I know this is like uh, 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 <laughs> punching down a little bit. Um, the, like I'm always <laughs> picking on Godzilla vs. Kong and Mortal Kombat, but it's not because like I, I like anyone thinks those movies are good because obviously we all don't. But <laughs> it's it's just because they're most someone, recent in my mind. Someone does. There's someone and, does. They're not watching this show. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um, I, just because they're the most recent in my mind. Uh, so yes. I, I know that I'm not. They're not so high level that we should be comparing everything. But where it's like a Mortal Kombat, all of the exposition is delivered by Sonya Blade in that trailer. Let me just tell you everything that's happening. And this film is a great uh, counter to that. It's just like, no, there's another way to do that. Like, you can be subtle and, and yeah. uh, slowly you gain uh, information over time, which is... Well, the, there, the, not only do you gain information, this is another film that unfolds on top of itself, which is a, a, a version of storytelling that I really do appreciate. The, the, I think it's really interesting what this film does explain and equally as uh, interesting as what this film does not explain. It, this, it's a really fine line, and I would be super critical, I'll, I'll say I'm one of the first ones to be really critical when I don't feel something is explained that should be. 
that I feel like a piece of information that I need as a storyteller to invest, to invest deeper rather than a surface level. And this film, I think, really straddles that line of giving information or, or not even giving, showing information, not necessarily just talking information, yeah, presenting yeah. information from a film standpoint, yeah. and then not getting bogged down in the weeds of information because there's a whole bigger world issue that we can get into. And the biggest, the biggest example of that is I don't think we ever know, and correct me if I'm wrong, why the world is in, infertile, why women have become infertile. I don't think there was ever a specific hard reason as to why that is. It just is. All right. What else we got here? Uh, performances. Eric, uh, Eric, tell us about the performances. Would you? What did you like? What didn't you like? Just yeah. break it down for us. I'd be really, really uh, be interested to hear what you guys have to say about the cast. I think the cast is fantastic. The direction is fantastic. I think Alfonso Cuaron got um, just the perfect performances that he needed for this film out of these actors. Uh, with like the exception, I, I didn't love Julianne Moore. Like I thought she kind of mailed it in. She was the only part I. She's the only thing I don't like about the movie. I, I think maybe they should have cast someone else. I don't know who. I'd be interested to hear like your suggestions. But um, but I thought Clive Owen was fantastic. He was like the perfect protagonist. He's an everyman. He doesn't pick up a gun one time. He, he's not like a big fighter. He's not a big tough guy. He just knows how to survive. As the resident actor of the group. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree with Eric almost across the board. Eric, really batting a thousand so far. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the performances are just about all very good. I think Clive Owen is, is wonderful. Mm -hmm. he's, he's, he's great at just looking like this drunk, beat down, defeated guy who's still strong. You can believe him as sort of this reluctant hero. Mm -hmm. um, I love. I think Clive Owen's a very good actor. Uh, as Monique and I watched this film, we both wondered out loud, what happened to Clive Owen? <laughs> like, I feel yeah. like I haven't seen him in much of the last seven years or so, give or take, and he had, he had quite the run there of like being in a lot of movies. And uh, look forward to whatever his next stuff is, because he's, he's very good. I kind of agree that Julianne Moore is not, does not do, I don't know. I can't tell if it's her fault or if it's the way she was directed to be or written to be. Um, I think she's kind of fine in the beginning, but then some of her deliveries are a little weird and blocky. And then I think it's strange. This is, this is more character based, but like, like she, when she like kisses him as they're walking to the place and I, I just, and then all of a sudden in the car, like you mentioned the ping pong ball thing, like that always felt kind of weird to me and kind of forced where it's like, I know what it's doing to establish their relationship and their intimacy. But they, you know, it's been 20 years since they've seen each other and they've probably left un left each other under not great circumstances, it sounds like, but they're like immediately kind of like romantic again. It all, it all goes a little weird and, and, and her performance is, is a part of that, but. I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with Julianne Moore's performance. She didn't do anything revelatory in, in my opinion. I, the reason you have a name, I think the reason she's in it is because she has a name, she carries some weight and I think that helps sell her death even more as a big turning point in the Absolutely. in the film. So she's an amazing actress. Yeah. So uh, I'm not I'm not hating on her. I she's mean, an it sounds like actress. you're hating on her a little bit. No, no, but, no, I, but even amazing performers can like uh, yeah, give not everyone not their does best. great work every time out. Yeah. But so I but 
in the grand scheme of things, after seeing the film, she's not in it that much. <laughs> like, she's yeah. not distracting to me because she's such a small part of the film. It's nice to have someone in that role have a little bit more weight. If I'm casting and I'm directing totally. this film, I want that because I know the audience is gonna inherently be one step closer to that character because of their relationship with Julianne Moore. Regardless, she is a beloved actress, so I'm going to like her going in. I thought the woman, uh, the, the, the pregnant woman was really good as well. I thought she did a great, great job, but everyone did great. Michael Caine's, Michael Caine, like he's a yep. legend. You know, I, the top to bottom, great. What were, what were outside of the car scene um, and outside of that final long take that's about 10 minutes long, or whatever it is, eight minutes long, uh, what are some moments or some scenes that, that stood out to you as being particularly affecting or memorable? I mean, the final scene. I, I love that final scene. I, I, from a storytelling, from an emotional standpoint, sitting in that boat, waiting, surrounded in those, that cloud coverage, that fog coverage, not being able to see anything. I, in my head, I'm like, that boat's never coming. I was like, that boat's never coming. And we're gonna, he's gonna die on this boat. She's gonna die on this boat. It's gonna be left. Like maybe they get saved, but maybe not. I thought that was kind of gonna be the cliffhanger. But just that, that, that feeling is, is an exciting feeling to have from the end of a film. I, I, I really love how the film ended. No, it's brilliant. I wonder if it'd be better if it was like Inception, where you just kind of see like this thing out in the distance that you're not really sure. If and it's it a ends with her like squinting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what it made me think of when you were talking about that. No, it's such a beautiful ending. Yeah. Two additional scenes that, that got me really hard this time, and I can't remember how they affected me before, but I cried in two scenes, I think, uh, which was the childbirth scene. I think, my God. Is that an intense, intimate, personal, like, again, one, one take, one shot, just going, moving around them, showing the different perspectives, this dirty room, she's crying. And he I can't do it. Pop, yeah. Pops this baby out. It's like yeah. so, Clive Owen's performance in that moment, and, and the woman, the young woman, apologies for neither of us knowing her name off the top of I don't of know anyone's but, name, though, so you can't take offense. Yeah, yeah, Keith, he's, uh, he pleads the fifth. No, yeah. pleads ignorance, pleads ignorance. Um, I'm just but that, that scene is like really uh, gut-wrenching and powerful. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. as Eric mentions... I'm not smart enough to talk about the overarching themes of the film. Uh, I, I think it's about sort of, you know, redemption and, and faith and survival. I think it talks a, speaks a lot about human nature. This film speaks a ton about human nature. There's a scene at the end where they're they're walking through a crowd of soldiers with like the first baby born in like 18 years, and everyone's just silent, looking at them walking through the crowd with the baby. And then someone just shoots an RPG at a tank, and all hell breaks loose, and they just start everyone starts killing each other again. And it makes you feel like like this is humanity, like we are fucked. I love that kind of moment where it's like in this chaotic, crazy world. Like there's, it's literally in the middle of a war zone. The everyone is united by their wonder and love and 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 just like shock of this innocence of this child. And like that is an incredibly powerful mm -hmm. uh, segment. Uh, it's yeah. an incredibly powerful portion of the film. Um, and such an interesting commentary, I think, as, as Eric alludes to too, about just like human nature and. And yeah. in the midst of such violence and chaos, the things that unite us 
and the things that should unite us. And then there's a lot of cool, uh, you know, conversation that can be had around that. Yeah. Uh, it's really powerful. But as, 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 as quickly as it begins, it ends just as quickly. And yep. I think that's another metaphor, <laughs> you know, this, about how we'll never fully change. We'll, we'll yeah. never get away from, from that side of humanity. Yeah. We'll have only brief moments of it. We'll have brief moments that, that unite us and come together and there will be love and respect and a moment of peace, but that will end too. Stop hating each other. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Like, there's no fucking reason for it. Come, we know you come to the Bluff Council for your, uh, your moral and philosophical uh, pump-up speeches, but just stop <laughs> hating each other. It's stupid. It's such it's a waste of time. A hundred percent. There's no fucking so reason. Stupid. There's no reason for this amount of hate. Stop it. We could, be living, we could be living in a fucking paradise here. We could, yeah. the, the people talk about the, like, don't get me started. Don't get me fucking started. Stop <laughs> hating each other, you pieces of shit. Yes. Stop being greedy, pieces of shit, hateful, fucking idiots. Pieces Ugh. of shit. We could just be smiling and laying around and drinking yeah. wine. Just jerking we could be everyone the off. Eating around here. Yeah. How you doing? Fucking <laughs> this could be us. Eating berries. <laughs> getting jerked <laughs> off by two people, apparently. Yeah. Just big just wine everybody. orgies. Just, just why not? Why the fuck not just love everyone? Just, just love and respect everyone. It will be a fucking K. It would be great. Be great. Okay. Fix it by oh. next episode. Wine orgies. We could just be, that could be society. Oh, wine you guys orgies. don't like wine orgies? All of a sudden you don't like wine orgies? <laughs> fucking idiots. Idiots. I blame the church and the vaccines. <laughs> I know my husband is not vaccinating people and putting a microchip in her arm because that technology doesn't even exist and he's never uttered the words out of his mouth, so. <laughs> Eric's correct. He is not smart enough to uh, understand or process these things. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll also say, uh, Keith is also in the same boat. So, yeah. so we'll just blaze yes. this stuff yes. over. Eric and I are in that same boat, and then I die. And Eric lives on with the baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know I, shit. Go ahead. So just in general, I love, as Eric mentions, I think towards the beginning of his video, dystopian films. And I do think that this is an ideal, like the ideal dystopian film in a lot of ways. Because a, the, a, a backdrop of like sort of, sort of post-apocalyptic uh, events allows for so much commentary and uh, exploration of human nature and the things we do when we have to revert back to like a survivalist kind of primal mindset, um, which is why I think so many great stories come from this genre. And I do agree that Children of Men is sort of one of the benchmarks of, of greatness. One more thing I want to ask, and you can cut this wherever you want, but one thing is, did you guys pick up like a Jesus motif with Clive Owen's character, like a savior Jesus Joseph motif? Eric mentions religion. You're a religious guy. Did you, huge, did you see it? <laughs> huge religious guy. I, 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 I'm a huge God guy. Big, big, <laughs> big fan of the, the G-O-D. <laughs> she will be a phone sex operator. That can't be right. <coughs> Just me? I think it is on purpose. I do think, here's what I think is on purpose. I think the ambiguity. Ambi ambig now you <laughs> fucked me up. Yeah, it's impossible to say, you can't say it. Giggity giggity. <laughs> Ambiguity. I can't even say the word. Ambiguity is what you're gonna say. I can't say it. Ambiguity. 
pronounce it at home and see if you can do it. Say it three times and see if you can do Am it. Yes, that word <laughs> is on purpose. All of that ambi stuff is, uh, is on purpose. I think it is meant to make people have these types of conversations. I, I, I think the God stuff, the Jesus stuff, the savior trope, I think the allusion to it is put in on purpose. I don't think there is a definitive answer from the filmmaker standpoint, because clearly I know exactly what he was thinking. I, but I don't believe, if you had to ask me, I don't believe they were like, yes, we're gonna make him be Jesus, and that's what we are referring to him, subliminally or subconsciously or whatever, but that's an active choice we're making as a director to present him in that light. I think we're gonna just make loose references, and if people want to see that, they will. Okay. I mean, I, th I think there's probably a more concrete answer where, I mean, we, we haven't mentioned yet that the, the film is based on a novel, a 1992 book written by P.D. James, and which neither of us has read. Um, so we can't really allude to how, how strong it is. I, I read a little something about that the, the biblical religious uh, ideals or imagery or whatever uh, was, I think, a little stronger in the book, and that Quaron sort of scaled back a little bit on that. You saying that makes me feel like I was right in my assessment of not doing any research on that front. But if he, if it was the book was so much more biblical focused and he pulled it back, but left some of it in, I, this makes me feel like I was right in my assessment is that he left that in for people to have that if they want it, if they choose to have that, they have it. It's there for you to make that interpretation. Yeah, so yeah, clearly, again, we should say we don't know anything. Yeah. That, was, what that guy's name told us to read the book? Jake? Is that the commenter? I there was, yeah, someone was fired up about our lack of for you, referencing Jake. See, the book. We, we read the book. And I want him to know I've won four regional Emmys, okay? I'm not a two-time nominee. I've won four. <laughs> Keith won 27. 30. Not that man. It's, it's irrelevant. It's, it's insane. Uh, His are worthless, but mine mean a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do some research, Jake. <laughs> he, did, he did in his defense. He was like, I did research, which made me nervous. I was like, I don't want this spotlight. <laughs> Go to my website. It's in my bio. Go to my website, Jake. Evduran.com. UTB okay, Studios. We're doing, we're doing 15 minutes on Jake. Jake, Google you're me, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate your support. Please subscribe, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for watching. Genuinely. <laughs>